You know, today's topic, Jim, is forgiveness will set you free. And you know it does. And and, and with forgiveness, we're, you know, it's we're going to talk today about how God has forgiven you, and we're going to talk about how we are to forgive others. Um, just my take on it is, if you don't truly feel forgiven from God, and you realize, and we're going to get into it deeper uh, in the hour. Um, if you don't truly feel that forgiveness from God, then it's more difficult to forgive others. I mean, I was talking to a guy that um, just got out of the penitentiary, and he was talking about, oh my gosh, these stories. You, you know, you, you, if they weren't real, you would think you would think that they were made up. You would think this man was making all this up. But it's real. And, you know, the whole thing in the penitentiary is if you do something to me, I'm going to do something to you. That's the lifestyle. And it's totally 180 degrees different from the way the Lord wants us to live our life. But it's survival there, you know. And and so anyway, it was just it it just blew my mind, and that that's when we were talking about forgiveness. I asked him. I said, the guy that the guy that ratted him out, you know, he had I think three or four kilos of heroin, and the guy that ratted him out, <laughs> he just happened to be on the same cell block as him, and he wanted to take him out. Well, it it ended up that the guy was so riddled with drugs and whatever when he went in that he ended up dying, you know, um, without someone murdering him. But anyway, I, I just kept thinking, I, wow, it's hard for people to forgive other people that's done things, you know, badly to them. And so we're going to dig into that today, and we're going to talk about that Um and, and the word forgive means to let go. I mean, if you really want to boil it down, you know, what does it mean to forgive someone? What did it mean for Jesus to look down and say, or actually he was looking up, but it was to the people that were down there, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Uh, that is the ultimate in forgiveness, and we're going to dig into that too. So, but for the the word forgive means to let go, give it up, um, keep no longer. I like that one, Jim. Keep no longer. In other words, if you're holding something against someone, that when you forgive them, you just you don't keep it anymore. You know, don't you don't give it space in your brain to occupy your thinking, um, even if they're, you're not thinking revenge or whatever. You still have it on your mind that they wronged you, and you want to keep it there and not forgive them. So again, we're going to talk about that. It's um, through forgiveness that true spiritual healing is accomplished. If you want true spiritual healing, 
then forgive. It's, it's pretty simple. To forgive others, we must believe that God has first forgiven us. So we're going to talk about that probably first. Any thoughts so far, Jim? Yeah, I go back to my initial waking up experience, or as uh, the Christian community calls it, being born again. The Bible calls it being born again. And the first thing that I experienced in that hotel room decades ago, actually, uh, the Lord uh, appeared to me. Yeah, you heard me right. The Lord appeared to me. And I had a real experience with the Lord. It wasn't something that I read in a book. It wasn't something that somebody told me about. But it was something that I experienced. Uh, and you've got to experience forgiveness. I think Rich covered that initially. You've got to experience forgiveness in order to rid yourself of guilt and condemnation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that night when the Lord, one of the first audible words that I heard God speak to me, actually in my spirit, not so much in my ears, the first words that Jesus said to me was, you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Those were the first words. He didn't say, um, you know, when you die, I'm going to make a home in heaven for you. He said, you are forgiven. I didn't realize the depth of what the Lord said that night. You are forgiven. I I thought that I was forgiven. I mean, I felt totally forgiven of all my sins, the ones I committed yesterday, the ones I did that day, and even the ones that I might possibly commit tomorrow. I just felt like God had totally released me from all that guilt, all that condemnation, uh, when he said, you've been forgiven. And I think that's one thing that that needs to be said here this afternoon, Rich, is when Jesus said you're forgiven, that's exactly what he meant. Um, I I felt pure, 100% pure, until I started going to some of the local churches, and every Sunday I heard a message on what a sinner I was, and that I have to walk the aisle again or whatever to get delivered from this sin. and I thought, gee, you know, this this doesn't coincide with what the Lord spoke to me that night. Um, so, again, in order to get on this road to salvation, to experience everything that Jesus has already bought and paid for for you, and for the world for that matter, uh, you have got to experience forgiveness. And God wants you to experience this. This is something that you can go before the Lord anytime, anywhere, day or night, in your car, in a church, wherever, uh, and just say, Lord, I want to experience this forgiveness. And you'll know when the Lord imparts this forgiveness to you because all the guilt that you feel for past sins, all the condemnation that you put on yourself, I might add, you put on yourself, okay, because you see, you're really the one that forgives the sins. Jesus has already forgiven them. You've got to forgive yourself. And when you do that, you will be free to forgive others. Yes. And, you know, there's some scriptures that can really trip you up, Jim, because, you know, you see scriptures like it says, um, you know, in First Corinthians, it says fifteen twenty two. For it, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all be made alive. 
Well, what that means is being made alive is meaning you become a new creation, a new creature that is been forgiven of everything you've done and everything you will do because with the Lord, it's not a performance-based relationship. Yeah, it's not a do-it-yourself. No. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, he's he's not, I mean... uh, He's done it for you. You hear in a lot of church circles, you know, that if you do this and you do that, or you don't, and you don't do this and you don't do that, then God's going to love you. Yeah, that's your do-it-yourself religion. Or God's going to be happy with you. do-it-yourself religion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't save yourself. Mm-mm. You know, you, you, and, and honestly, if the truth be known, you were just awakened to the fact that you were already saved. That's true. That's true. Because, you know? the, because John says, you were not born of the will of the flesh, but you were born of the will of God. In other words, you were born again by right. the will of God, not your own will. Again, religion today uh, puts the burden of us. Oh, you've got to you've got to accept Christ. You've got to walk the aisle. You've got to you know you got to you got to. Again, it's just do it yourself. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, he said, "It's finished." Well, what was finished? It was finished. Everything that you need for salvation, um, it was done. 2,000 years ago. And you that, died that, with him. That backs up the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he was made sin to be sin for us who knew no sin. Now here's the good part. Because of that, we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Mm-hmm. But it's in him. Mm-hmm. It didn't say in your own strength or your or own abilities right. or your own righteousness. Right. It says because of what Jesus did, because right. of what he did, now we are the beneficiaries of that. Like you said earlier, we become clean, pure, holy, and righteous. And, and I know people are going to kick against the goads on this because you know you don't see your you look in the mirror and you don't see perfection you don't see that you're sinless and you don't see well it's not about that at all it's about what he did for you it's not about you looking at yourself and judging yourself there is no condemnation in christ in christ period there is no condemnation Hebrews ten seventeen says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I mean, can it get any clearer than that? He's not even going to remember them. Why? Because he's already made you righteous. Just by the other scripture in, in um, 2 Corinthians where it says that we may be made righteous righteousness of God in him because of what he did not because of what we did and then um, Romans 4 8 blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute sin he doesn't hold all this against you you know some people are out there saying well you're just making it so easy you're just, you know that you 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 know so basically what you're saying is I can go out and act a fool and do stupid things and and whatever and I'm still forgiven 
Well, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go out and, and do stupid things and live uh, a life that is not pleasing to God? Do you really want to do that? I hope not. I know I don't. I, I want to live the life that he wants me to live. Well, there will be a price to pay too, Rich. You, uh, well, you know, you're not going to go out and rob a bank. You'll end up in, in the penitentiary. Right. So there still is a price to pay. But as far as Father's concerned, uh, you are complete in him. Yep. Uh, you know, Jesus made the comment, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow, that's a big statement. Well, it's because Father sees us as perfect. Now, it may take a few generations before you see yourself as perfect or walking in this perfection, and you can hasten this. You can hasten all this in your life as you continue to fellowship and have, intim- and, yeah, and have intimacy with Christ and take on the mind of Christ. Um, because when you start taking on his mind, then you really start seeing what reality is. Because right now, the carnal mind is an enemy of God. The Mm -hmm. Bible's very clear on that. Mm -hmm. It says your mind will resist the purposes and the plans of God. So, and, and this is what we got really in a lot of these religious houses today. We've got a mixture of law and grace. They'll talk to you about the grace of God, but then they'll come back and put some kind of a law on you. And Jesus said, I took care of the law. I abolished the law. It's gone in yep. me, in Christ. It's gone. I mean, there are no more animal sacrifices, right? <laughs> I don't know. There may be some. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> you don't walk into a church and, yeah. and they're sacrificing an oxen. You know, if if you do, I think I'd turn around and walk back out. Yeah, but you know, on, on Sunday in a lot of churches today, they want you sacrificing your flesh that's already dead. Yeah. That's it is, it is a to. flesh offering or sacrifice. Yeah, what I was getting to is, yeah, there's no animal sacrifice, right. but they're asking... Human sacrifice. Well, yeah, they're asking for you to basically do it their way mm-hmm. so that God will be pleased with you mm-hmm. and love you. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I don't care what you've done. God loves you. I mean, that's that's just an absolute. He loves you, Period. There's no, well, he'll love you if you act a certain way, or he'll love you if you treat people right. You know, he'll love you regardless. It's just, why wouldn't you want to live the life that he has given you, a life of freedom? There is no freedom without him, there's no freedom. There's free doom. There's free doom, yeah. <laughs> because if if it doesn't include him, then guess what? You're doing it on your own. And it if you're doing life. it on your own, it's whatever you do is dead yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. Period. Yeah. I like it. Even David wrote in Psalm 65.3, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. Not half of them, not 50% of them, not 99% of them. David said, you forgive them all. Now, this was a man after the Lord's own heart. And he said that I, and David was overwhelmed by sin. Let's face it. I mean, in today's society, um, David would be thrown in prison and Dave, but he was the king. 
But he would also, in some church circles, be excommunicated for, for the things he did. But this was the man after the Lord's own heart. And when you read the Psalms, you can understand that. Even though he erred many times, just like us, God still loved him. Well, he knew how to repent. He always went back to the Lord because he would say things like, God, I know that you're long-suffering and merciful and a God of love. And, you know, it gets back again, Rich. God can't do anything but love because God is love. That is love. Yeah. all he is. Yeah, it isn't that he has a great love. It, he is love, period. Um, you know, and Second Corinthians says, uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and we've used that term in Christ several times already this morning, it says he's a new creation. Your old man has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And this is the part that I love. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled you back to himself. All this is of God. Everything that we're talking about here is grace. Yes. Grace, grace, and more grace. Okay? Marvelous grace. That's it. Well, we've been talking a lot uh, this first half hour about God forgiving you. Second half hour, we're going to talk about you forgiving others. But this this first half hour, you know, you, until you get a true understanding of how how much God loves you and how much he has forgiven you, it makes the other part much more difficult. And so we're, we're going to just keep giving you a steady diet of how much God loves you to the point that he has forgiven all your sins. They're in the sea of forgetfulness. He, he doesn't even remember them anymore. And if anybody thinks that, that that gives you a license to go out and sin and mess around and whatever, that's not what it means. You missed the whole point of God's grace, that God's grace is, is that divine himself, divine impartation of himself and how it reflects in your life. Mm -hmm. And he will also give you the power to live a righteous life uh, because when the Lord speaks, there's power in his words. And uh, again, the whole key to this thing uh, in uh, in taking part of your inheritance now instead of waiting to die and go to heaven, which is what we're always told. It's always preached, you know, just do your best now, and then when you die, you'll go to heaven and everything's going to be glorious. Well, the Lord said when he prayed with his disciples, Father, uh, thy kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. God really is more interested in bringing the kingdom of God to earth. That's the reason why Jesus came to the earth. He brought the kingdom of God to earth, and, and that kingdom happens to lie within each and every one of us. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So we can take advantage of our inheritance right now instead of waiting to the day we die. I come that you might have life, Jesus said. Nowhere does he say, I want you to die. Nowhere. No, in fact, he even says, "I will quicken your mortal. The spirit will quicken your mortal body." You're getting in deep water, but that's I know. true. Well, that's that's true. for another program. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it: you, you can't pick and choose things out of the Bible and develop a religion over it. Right. You know, and, and right. it's been done many, many times. Yeah. And so, um, 
it's hard for some people to accept the love that God has for them because they've never been loved here on the earth. Never experienced that they've kind of love. They've never experienced yeah. that kind of love. Yeah. That's unconditional. Yeah. I mean, true love, he even here on earth, has got to be unconditional. Because when you start placing conditions on love, then now it's not love. It's not God's love. No. no it's no. not the agape love that no. the, the Greek calls agape. It's, it's, it's a conditional love. And, you, you know, you may be married. You may be in a relationship. You may have kids. And look at all the people because someone wronged them that they have just disowned them from the family. And, yeah, there could be some really, really bad things that, that have happened that, that put you into that place that where you, you want to disown them. But you still have to forgive them. You know, if they're doing physical or emotional damage, you may not want to fellowship with them all the time because that's not healthy for you. But you have to forgive them. You have to love them. Jesus said, love your enemies. That's hard. Well, you can't do it through your own efforts. You can't do it. Never. It's got to come. uh, You know, Jesus says, not by your might nor by your power, uh, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Yeah. Uh, And again, this all gets back to an intimate relationship because once you start seeing Jesus as to his nature, as to his very being, it starts dawning on you that you are part of that new creation, and that really is part of your nature and part of your being now. But you've got to see Jesus. You've got to experience Jesus. And this, is, I think, I know this is what God is doing in this hour. Uh, we are in a very special hour. I know Rich and I are in unity on this. Uh, God wants the people in the world today to start experiencing who he really is because the world has got such a skewed image of who God is. I mean, you know, they they believe he's a God of love, but if you step out of line, he's up there with a big sword ready to cut your head off. Uh, And and that comes as a result of a lot of this religious stuff uh, that a lot of precious brothers and sisters out there have been indoctrinated into in some of these colleges. Um, But God is changing all that right now. The good news is coming forth. (laughs) The good news of God's grace is coming forth. Yeah, on that note, we're going to take a break. 